you're listening to the Desperation Podcast. Tonight, you'll be hearing from three of our college interns as they take over the night at DSM by DLA. What up, DSM? How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors that leads DLA. And if you haven't noticed, DLA is is crushing it tonight. So uh, we're having fun. So we are heading in to the sermonettes portion of the evening. And so I get the privilege of introducing the first preacher. She is from Louisiana. She loves to suck the brains of crawfish. She is spicy. She is loud and feisty. Her name is Jada Lockhart. Everyone gave it up for Jada Lockhart. Okay. All right. Okay, so most of that was true, but partially not true. So I'll let you figure that out. All right, so as he said, my name is Jada, and I am from Louisiana. So if you do hear a little bit of twang in my voice tonight, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, so um, if that's cool with y'all, I'm going to pray again because you can never have too much prayer. Am I right? Okay, cool. So Jesus, I just ask, Lord, first of all, that you would just help me, Lord. I ask that my words would fall flat, but your words would pierce the hearts in this room tonight, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would just show up, Lord, and that you would have your way. You would do whatever you want to do in the hearts of the people in here, Jesus. So I just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you that you will show up, Jesus. So we just ask this in your name. Amen. Awesome. So tonight I want to talk to you for a few minutes on a topic I'd like to call, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> yeah. So as, <laughs> so as I was thinking and just praying about this sermon tonight, I really just was reminded of um, just times in my life where I kind of forgotten who God was in my life. I forgot his faithfulness. I forgot um, his goodness and who he was to me. I forgot that he was my father and that he loved me and that he delighted in me. So just by a show of hands in here to make me feel like I'm not alone, who in here is ever in their life felt like this? Just raise your hand. Oh, great. So we're all normal. Awesome. We're all normal. Great. So um, I'm going to be reading out of a story in Luke chapter 15. So if uh, you've been in this, uh, been in DSM for any length of time, or if you haven't, you might have heard of the story of the prodigal son. So that's where we're going to be reading in tonight. And so just to like, kind of preface it a little bit. So it starts off, this guy has two sons. The first son is like, hey, dad, can I have all of my inheritance, all of my money? He kind of runs off to Vegas, goes and gambles does all these kind of parties, whatever. And then he kind of realizes that he's messed up his life a little bit, I guess. And so he kind of figures, maybe if I go back to my father, maybe I can just work as a servant. So we're actually going to pick up in verse 17. And it says, okay. Um, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your, your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So like I said, like in this point of the story, um, the son kind of realizes that he's messed up his life. He's made a lot of different decisions in his life. Um, And I feel like we can kind of relate to that in our life. Sometimes we decide to go off and live our own life and we make our own choices and we start finding fulfillment in the things of this world. And then we forget who our father is. And so we try to work our way back into the presence of the father just like this son is doing here. He's trying to come up with a case for his father to allow him 
to come back into his presence. Um, so I've, whenever we find ourselves in this situation, we can tend to, I mean, uh, nod your head if you agree. We can tend to say that if we listen to enough podcasts, if we, if we have enough quiet times, if we do enough time in worship, if we do this or that or this, or even if you're not even saved and you feel like you have to clean yourself up or you have to do all of these things to get into the presence of the Father, when in reality, you don't. You don't have to earn your way back into the presence of the Father. You... Um, you have free and full access to his presence. Um, so um, in verses 20 through 24, we, uh, we see how the father responds. And he kind of responds in a little bit of a way that we wouldn't think that he would. Living here on this earth and how, we, how father, earthly fathers might respond is not the way this father responds. So in verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to celebrate. So I find, I find this part of the story um, really just, I don't know, it blows my mind that the father is not standing there in judgment. He's not standing there wagging his finger or, like, waiting for him to come down and make this big case as to why he should still be his son. He's not, he's not like, waiting for anything. He actually runs and embraces him. He runs with his arms wide open and said, of course, you're my son. Of course, you can come back home. You don't have to work for me. That's actually, that's ridiculous. Um, so he didn't have to earn his sonship back, and neither do we. So sonship is not something that's earned. It's something that's actually placed on you. It can't be taken away from you. So, for example, I have a story. So I'm from Louisiana, as he said. My parents don't live here, and I don't, I don't really see them every day. I don't get to talk to them every day, but I'm still their daughter. You know, like, it doesn't matter where I go in life, how I choose to live my life, what I do with my life, I will always identify as their daughter. And that can't be taken away from me if I get married, if I have children, whatever it is, I'm still their daughter. So just in that same manner, sonship cannot be taken away from you. So when this son is received back, we not only see the father's response, but we also get to see his older brother's response. So in verses 25 through 30, it says, Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound, but he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back and devours your property with prostitutes, you kill the fattened calf for him. So, um, I feel like this son, in a little bit of a different way, forgot, has forgotten who his father is. He's always been with his father, but he forgot who his father was. He forgot why he was doing these things. He forgot why, um, who, the, who he was doing these things for. So that's why he didn't understand why his father reacted the way he did. Because he was always with his father, but he didn't understand who his father was. And so I feel like... 
Oftentimes, we can find ourselves in this situation. I mean, like, has anyone in here ever looked up to realize why do we worship? Why do we pray? Like, why do we pray? Why do we preach? Why do we have quiet times? Why do we do all of these things? Like, have you all ever realized that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm preaching to myself in a way because I feel like so often I myself can get caught up in preaching or in going to prayer meetings or to doing this and that. And I actually miss Jesus in the midst of it all. And that kind of scares me. And I feel like it should scare us. It should scare us that we can do all of these awesome, they're awesome things. They're not bad things, but we have to realize why we're doing these things. And we have to realize who we're doing them for. So, um, it's really cool also how the father responds to this son as well. So in verses 31 through 32, uh, it says, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this brother was dead and is alive, and he was lost, and now he's found. So, um... I just feel like as we're worshiping, as we're doing all of these things, we're, we feel like we have to work our way. This is how we work our way into the presence of God, right? That we worship, we have quiet times, so, we, so that's the way we reach the Father's presence. But in reality, um, you have full access to his presence. You, have, you already have full access to his presence. He doesn't love you any less or any more. The more you pray, the more you worship, you can never be more loved and you can never be less loved by doing these things. I just felt like y'all should know that. Um, so sometimes it really isn't about doing. It's more just about being. It's about taking time to know the Father. It's about taking time to know his heart because in the midst of that, you start to realize who you are. You start to realize that you're a son and you start to realize that you're a daughter and you start living this way. You start um, living as a son. You start living as a daughter. So... Um, I guess my question for y'all tonight is, what son are you? And I know some of us are girls in here, so that's kind of weird. But um, so which, I guess which son do you relate most to? Are you more like um, the youngest son? Are you too worried maybe about popularity? Are you going out to parties? Are you doing all these things, trying to find your fulfillment in that girl, in that boy, in school, in whatever it is? Are you trying to find fulfillment in things that are not the Lord? Or maybe you're the older son and you're, you're doing all these amazing things, you're leading prayer meetings, you're worshiping, you're doing whatever you're doing, but maybe you haven't cracked open your Bible in a little while. You haven't actually taken time to know the Father and know his heart and know why you're doing these things and know who you're doing them for. Um, so I just want to challenge you in this next week to pull out your journal maybe, to ask the Lord and kind of evaluate your relationship with him. How are you doing with him? Like maybe he seems a little far off. Maybe you don't really know him that much anymore. Just ask him questions about himself. Get to know him because as you do that, you'll start to find, like, you'll start to find yourself. And you'll start to find yourself fulfilled and known and loved and a son and a daughter. Um, so I just want to bless you guys. So um, if I could have everyone stand and just hold out your hands in a posture of receiving. Um, okay. And I'm just going to speak this blessing over you. So DSM, may you know the fullness of the Father's love for you. May you know that you are a son and a daughter of a Father who pursues you. May you thrive in his presence. May you walk in confidence knowing who you are and whose you are. And as you, um, as you spend time with the Father. So thank you guys so much. I hope this helped. <laughs>
Give it up one more time for Miss Jada Lockhart. All right, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. So our next speaker, he is one of, uh, I've grown to love him so much. He is such a blessing to our ministry. And uh, he, is, he has really pushed me to love the Lord more. And so I know that he's going to do that to you guys tonight. He is full of passion. He's full of fire. He's full of the Holy Spirit. So I need you to give a full Colorado welcome to Mr. Hayden Woods. So here we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. Man, I needed that. Man, I needed that. Well, what is up, DSL? Come on, again, again, come on. That's right. <laughs> Man, oh, I'm so pumped to be up here and just be able to speak into you guys. And so right now, uh, I just want to start off, can we give a huge, I know we just like screamed like four times, but can we please give a huge round of applause for our worship team, my brothers and sisters right here? Oh yeah, come on. It's all about giving credit. Man, these guys brought it tonight and I love them so much. I'm so proud of them. They are amazing and they have my heart and so does all of DLA. So... Guys, um, we're going to start off with a word of prayer, so will you guys bow your heads and pray with me? So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now, Lord, and I just ask, Father God, Lord, that it would not be my words, Father Lord, that my words would fall flat, but Lord, your words would pierce hearts tonight, Father Lord, I pray for the attentiveness in the room. And Father, for those who don't feel the love of you, Father God, those who are, feel distant from you, right now the Lord is saying you are here for a reason and he loves you and he is here for you and he wraps his arms around you in love and comfort. So Father, Lord, I pray this all out in your glorious name and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Awesome, guys. So. I'm going to start off with a little story, and the story starts um, about a month and a half ago. I was with my little brother, um, Landon. He's 11 years old. We were driving, and um, I was, he was in my car, and so we're actually, I was taking him to the rec center. And as I'm taking him to the rec center to drop him off, um, we're at the stoplight, right? And how many of you, by a show of hands, love The Greatest Showman? Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's right. Come on, baby. Pastor David, he doesn't like it so much, but, you know, it's not for everybody. But, you know, there will be judgment in heaven. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm just kidding. So, guys, what I want to start out with in that is, so I was blasting the greatest showman in our car. My 11-year-old brother, he's really tough. He's really tough. Oh, can you hear me better now? Cool. Okay, so my little brother, he's 11 years old, and he's really tough, and so we're sitting in the car. I'm blasting the greatest show. I'm like, this is the greatest show. Woo. Yeah, come on. You can cheer for that. And so I'm like sitting there singing and blasting it, just being crazy, and my little brother is like, he's crouched in his seat, you know, he's like, Hayden, stop it. Stop it. Like, he's like, seriously, guys, he's like sitting here, and he's like, Hayden, stop it. Stop it. Like, and, and, and so in that, I was like, just trying to embarrass him. How many of y'all love to embarrass your siblings? Yes. It's a gift. It's a gift. And so I'm sitting there. I'm embarrassing the crap out of my brother. And this lady, she looks over in, in the other car. We're at the stoplight. And she, like, rolls down her window to kind of look at me. And she's like, hey, 
hey. <laughs> and I look over, I'm like, oh, okay. And so I roll down my window. Obviously, she's trying to talk to me. Obviously, she's trying to, like, get my attention. So I roll it down. I'm like, hi. And she says, hey, I just want to let you know that you have a wonderful smile and your personality has lit up my day and made my day. Guys, I was like, this is so awkward. I was like, I don't know what to say. I, have we all been there where you just give them a compliment and you don't know what to say? So I just kind of looked at her and I was like, God bless you, thank you. Rolled up the window and skirted off. I skirted off. I was like, skirt. I was out of there. I was out of there. How many of y'all? Come on, can I get an amen? Come on. That's right. And so as I'm going, thank you, Jesus. As I'm going, um, <laughs> she, so I'm, I, I drop off my brother. I start driving back. And I am thinking all about myself. I'm like, wow, she is right. That felt so freaking good. Man, I was like, she's right. I do have a wonderful smile. She's like, she's like I'm like, that's right. She is right. I do have a wonderful personality. I am full of joy. And did you notice, I kept saying, I am, I am, I am. And so as I'm driving, um, to go to turn to get back to my house, I miss the turn because I'm so focused on myself. I miss the turn, guys. And so not a big deal, right? Take a U-turn around, I'll be just fine. Well, what ends up happening is I take a U-turn, and I'm so focused on myself again. I'm like, okay, I'm back on track. You know, wow, it's she, that felt really good. I kept saying the same thing. That felt really good. And then all of a sudden, I missed the turn again. I missed the turn again. And so then I take a U-turn, and I am going in circles. Going in circles, like a freaking wackadoo. And so I start going in circles, and as I'm going, you guys, I can't make this stuff up. It's real. I'm, I'm a goofy guy. And so I finally turn left, right? I turn left, and then all of a sudden, I turn left and the Lord goes, Hayden, did you notice that when you think about yourself, all you do is go in circles? I uh, know, right? It's like, it's like when your mother like, sees you doing something wrong and you just, she just waves her hand. Oh, yeah, oh, snap. It's going down. Like, that's what happened to me. Is my mother, like, the Lord caught me and, and showed me and convicted me. I was like, holy crap, you're right. And so, guys, with that, the Lord gave me this and... So uh, that brings me up to my first point. Will you please put that up on the screen? And when we focus constantly on ourselves, we will hit dead ends in our relationships, in our homes, in our schools, with our friends. But when we shift our focus on the Lord, on God, our possibilities are endless. They're endless. See, because when you lay those things down... When you say, no, Father, I'm going to focus my shift on Jesus because I could have taken that opportunity to pour into that woman in 30 seconds. Do you guys notice that? I could have said, no, it is because of the Lord Jesus, his joy, his love is overflowing in me, and that's why I was singing with my little brother. That's why I was having a good time is because I have freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. All right. <laughs> so, guys, that leads me to... My point, my number, point number two, and that's when, let me see, let me make sure. The more, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more you focus on yourself, the more you will find yourself going in circles. And so, guys, those circles are common. They're, the circles are addictions. They're self-absorption, as you saw me do. And there's just these things, guys, that block us because all the devil wants to do is throw up roadblocks he just wants to make us feel like we're not worth anything, like nothing we have to say matters. 
And so in that, students, I want to go to Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. Am I speaking to some of you right now? Am I speaking to some of you? Don't drink with wine? Come on. That's other beverages too, y'all. That's other beverages. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? All right, I need a little drink of water right here. So, students, here we go. Cheer for me drinking water, everybody. All right. So, students, make, the, make every opportunity you have in these evil days. Take every opportunity because you never know when there's going to be someone in your school, someone in your path that just needs to hear the love of Jesus Christ. You never know because someone might be right in front of you struggling with addictions you know nothing about, depression you know nothing about, and you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens who? Who strengthens who? Come on. Me. That's right. Us. So guys, I'm telling you right now, when we take the stand, when we make the most out of every opportunity, because we don't know when that opportunity will come again. That's, can you put that up, please? So everyone can write it down. I'll say it again. So make the most out of every opportunity, because you do not know when that opportunity will come again, and it may not. It may not, guys. So when you have that fear inside of you, that's usually the devil trying to get you to not do it. When you're sitting there in DSM, when we're standing here worshiping, I've had so many moments where I've had fear in my stomach. Like, oh, Hayden, you, you're not supposed to go pray over that guy. You're not going to, no, no, he's the pastor. Why would you pray over him? He's way higher up than you. Are you kidding me? No, 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 I am going to because that is the devil trying to get me not to speak into someone's life. Because that may change what the pastor's coming up to speak. He may have something entirely different because I listened, because you all listened to the power of the Holy Spirit through you. Right? All right, thank you. <laughs> so, guys, that leads me to my another point. You can put that up, please. God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. All right? You don't have, I am nothing more than you guys. All right? I am nothing more than you guys. I'm right here. I love you guys so much. I'm going to go back up here because I'm supposed to be, but I want you guys to know that was like me going down and saying, hey guys, I love you, and I'm nothing more than you. We are all here, and I want you guys to know that you don't have to be a certain somebody. You don't have to say a certain thing, or you don't have to act like a certain way to go into your calling, all right? Because God does not, what? Called the qualified, he? All right, guys, I'm going to work you all night. Come on. Come on. Well, not all night. I only got like three more minutes. It's fine. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So that leads me to my second story is, guys, this is another example of when you don't open yourself up. When I was in eighth grade, I had a very good friend of mine, and he always wanted to hang out with me. Always wanted to do stuff with me, just have a good time. And all I wanted to do was go sit in my room and play video games. 
I wanted to go sit in my room and play like Fortnite. How many of y'all are playing your Fortnite right now? A lot of the guys, yeah, there we go. So guys, what I have to say with that is, is I was always focused on myself. I was always going in circles. I was filled with depression, anxiety, things that wrecked me in my heart. And I want you all to get this because later, just about a week ago, I got a call from that boy's mom. And you know what? I, I always neglected that kid. I never wanted to hang out with him, always pushed him away. And you know what I found out? His mom called me a week ago saying that he is now in jail for shooting somebody. Killed a man. And I sat there. I'm going to get real with you guys. I sat there just like this in my room when I found out in the dorm. And I started crying and I said, Father, what if? What if... What if I had the opportunity to pour into that man? What if I could have shined the light of Jesus and he would be coming to church with me right now? What if, Father, but guess what, guys? The Lord said to me, he said, Hayden, don't be saying what if. He said, no, let this change you. Take your experience and learn from it. Do not let another student go without hearing the word of Jesus Christ. Do not, another, do not let another student sit alone in a cafeteria. Do not let another person in your home go without knowing the love of Jesus Christ. And you know how simple it is, students? It's giving him a hug. It's simply giving him a hug. Telling them you love them. You're here for them. And you're never going to let them go because that's what Jesus would do. All right. So, man, God is good to me. i got to flip the page. Hold on. Y'all... I'm not perfect, y'all. All right. Here we go. So, guys, I was only, bring it back, bring it back. I was only going into circles like a dog chasing his tail. I was only going in circles like a dog chasing his tail when I was thinking about myself. But when the Lord brought me this realization that when I stop focusing on myself, students, I am telling you tonight, when you stop focusing on yourselves, the Lord is going to build you up, he is going to rise you up, and he is going to send you out to your students around you. He is going to send you to your home. He is going to send you to places you never thought you'd go, and those aren't just locations outside the world. He is going to put you into places where you never thought you would be. And man, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying so, so tenderly right now, you guys, he loves you. The Father loves you. And if that's you right now that needs some love, come to me after. I'll give you a hug. I will. I freaking love you guys. All of you. You all mean so much to me. And I feel the Lord saying that so genuinely right now, is that you guys need to know that I am here because Jesus is here. So I want you guys to know that right now. And so one challenge I want to bring to you guys is, so students, I challenge you tonight to switch your gears, switch your mindset to Jesus and seek him for he is the wellspring of life. And so guys, I want to challenge you with that. I hope that that impacts you and opens you up. If you have any other questions after, come see me. I love you guys so much. So will you bow your heads and pray with me? Dearly Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And Lord, I know that what I've said is from you. So Lord, I'm just going to let that pierce the hearts tonight. And so Father, I pray that every student in here does not walk out these doors without feeling your love, your presence, and your just enduring Father Spirit upon them. 
Father, Lord, I pray that they know that there is compassion, there is grace, and we are here for them no matter what they have done, no matter what is done against them. The Father says right now, he loves you all, students. So, Lord, I pray that upon them that they would know how much they are loved, and in the name of Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, I say amen. Yeah. Good job, Hayden. I just took this boy. I just took this boy to India, and uh, I can tell you, he lives what he preaches. If you want to feel valued, this is the man to go to. He will make you feel valued. Everybody loves him. So, get one more hand. Everybody, give Hayden a hand. My name is Jenny Mason. I'm one of the DLA pastors. Love you all. So I have the privilege of getting to introduce another one of our students. Uh, she is, I've known her for two years. She is an encourager. She's prophetic. Man, when she prays, she rocks the building. And I tell you what, she comes from New Mexico. So a little bit about her, she's always cold. Um, from what I understand, I mean, you know, I guess if she's from New Mexico, she's not used to Colorado weather or whatever. But she loves peaches and avocados. And from what I understand, she has to switch out her water like every three hours or something because she's a wor worried it's going to get bad or something like that. So I introduce to you Anissa Rodriguez. Everybody give her a hand. she says, my name's Anissa. I am from New Mexico. Um, not gonna lie, I was hecka scared walking up those stairs. <laughs> I really was. I thought I was going to trip, but it's okay. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and open up in prayer. So, Father, I just pray that you would just be in this house tonight, Father. We just welcome your Holy Spirit, God. We just welcome you in this place. I just ask, Father, that you would just begin to move in hearts right now, Jesus. I just pray, Jesus, that you would just begin to soften hearts, Father, that you would just begin to make their hearts tender, Father, that they would be obedient to your voice, Father. I just pray that they would just listen to your spirit, God. And I just pray, God, that every word I speak, Father, would be from you, Lord Jesus. I just thank you, Father. In your name I pray, amen. Okay, so I've titled this message, A Father's Heart That's For Me. Um, I want to talk to y'all about the Father's love. And I know that Hayden talked about um, not making this about ourselves, but I kind of want to touch on our hearts and, like, get y'all pressed into that. Um, so I'm going to, so, <laughs> sorry, um, I'm going to talk about what it's looked like in my life, why he loves us, and how do we come to believe that he loves us? So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into scripture. So 1 John 4, 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in God, <laughs> and whoever <laughs> abides in his love, God abides in him. Okay. So a majority of us have heard over and over again that God loves us. It's one of the most taught, most vital messages in the church, and it's super important <laughs> to know this. And um, I don't know about y'all, but I 
for a majority of my life, I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing from people that God loves me. And I kind of became apathetic and numb to this. It kind of was just like, okay, he loves me. That's fine. I have an incredible family, so I was okay with just their love. They're super encouraging and always there for me. And so I was just okay with that. I wasn't interested in, like, seeking after the Father's love. And I have one of those testimonies that's boring. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do alcohol. And I wasn't, I wasn't really a rebellion. I, rebellious. Rebellion. Rebellious. And um, how many of y'all feel like you have a boring testimony? Like your story's not impactful? Like you've just grown up in the church. You just haven't done much. Yeah, me too. And just because, just because we didn't do any of those things or we didn't struggle with any of those things doesn't mean that I didn't have hard seasons, that I didn't have difficult times that I went through. And so um, I know for me, I, I was bullied and I was belittled for majority of my life by my closest friends, by um, leaders that I trusted. And um, it just really affected me and how I viewed myself and I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell my parents, because I didn't want them to worry about me. My parents are super overprotective, and I didn't want them to be like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on at school, and talk to all the teachers and make a huge scene about it. I didn't, I wasn't about that, and so I just stuffed every part of my emotions inside. I kept everything hidden, and I just, just kept to myself, and I just, everything that hit me, every word that was said, everything that came against me, I didn't. I didn't touch on it, and so um, it just, um, sorry. <laughs> so all of that led me to question God's love for me. Um, I felt like I was worthless, and I felt like I was a disappointment, and everyone at church kept telling me, oh, he loves you, and my parents would tell me, he loves you, but it, it didn't feel that way at all, and so... Um, I know that all of y'all just had a full day of school and you just heard two more, ser like two sermons before me, but um, is it okay if I teach y'all a little something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so there are four types of love that are talked about in the Bible. And each of these terms are Greek. So the first one is philia, and that's the powerful emotional bond seen in deep friendships. And it's having love for the same things. It's um, expressing similar passions. And I know um, Jordan and Olivia have the same passion for nursing. And they love school and all of that. And um, so that could look like for you, like, the person, your go-to person. Like, my homegirls, Naomi and Holly and Kayla and all of them. I'm going to go to Starbucks with them. Or for you guys, like, I don't know what y'all do. Go to the gym and get swole. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the terms. <laughs> so that's the first type of love. And the second type of love is eros. And that's kind of like a, the sensual, romantic type of love that we see in Song of Solomon between Solomon and his bride. Okay, this is for when you're married, if you know what I mean. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, just kidding. Okay, so the third type is storge. And that's family love. And we see this between Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So that's like the sibling love. Like I have four other siblings. So that's a type of love that I would have for them. Um, oh, yeah. 
So the fourth type of love is agape, and that's God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. And this is the type of love that he has for us. It's unconditional. And, unconditional. <laughs> and he displayed this by sending Jesus. And Jesus was his only son. Like, could you think about this? Like, he sent him in physical form. He sent himself in physical form just to die for you just because of love. And so... Um, he put, he was put through all this torment and this anguish, and he was beaten so bad that you couldn't even recognize his face. Like, it says that he, you, he wasn't even recognizable. Why would somebody do this for us? Why would he do this for us? Just because he loves us? What does that even mean? Why does he love us? And so I just want to touch on that. Why does he love us? So first of all, the nature of who he is, is love. So 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does, not, who does not love does not know God because God is love. It's his characteristic and it's his essence. Um, this love motivates compassion and it motivates mercy. And it allows us to be able to walk in love, to show other people love. Um, it allows us to actually live out Matthew 28, which is the Great Commission. Okay, and so, sorry, so the second type is we were created for relationship. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every other creeping thing that creeps the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created him. We were created in his likeness to live in holy, perfect communion with him. He created us to live in community with him. Um, his focus for us is redemption because after the fall, it, we were given choice. We were given all this, all this stuff came in, and um, he ultimately wants to bring us back to him through the healing of our souls for the sake of relationship. So in order for me to get to the place of understanding and fully comprehending the why, why does God love me, it was a fight. It didn't just come and I wasn't just like, oh, God loves me today because I feel it. But it was a fight. I had to spend intentional time with him. I had to go back in prayer over and over and over again telling him everything. I was, I was raw and I was open with my emotions and I was just... I was just me in front of him. Every disappointment I felt, every hurt I felt, everything that I was dealing with, I just word vomited it all over him. And um, he, even if I didn't believe that he was listening, he showed up every time. And each time I look back on those moments when I felt pain and I felt grieving, he showed up. And he came in affirmation, and he came, and he let me cry. He just, he let me do all these things in front of him, and I felt his healing, and I felt his pursuit in all of it. Um, 
So I just want to ask y'all, if he actually, if we actually believed that he loved us, what would it look like in our lives? Where are we looking to fill this void of his love? Um, maybe you're looking for popularity and you're trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction in people telling you things rather than listening to the, what the Lord has to say about you. Or maybe you grew up in the church like me and you're just like, oh, like, he loves me. I hear it every day. But you don't have the, um, the deepness and the heaviness and the weightiness of what it actually means for him to love you. Or maybe you're, you're letting, you're driven by the past. You're letting every failure and disappointment lead you. And you're thinking, he could never love me because of what I've done. He could never love me because of what I've said or how I've treated that person. But that's such a lie, you guys. That is such a lie. We put up all these walls, whatever your wall may be. We put up all these walls blocking him out, saying, expecting I feel like we have this expectation that we have to be perfect in front of him, but we don't. We could just be who we are in front of him, and he still accepts you, and he'll still take you back because he's there and he's waiting with open arms just for you to come back. Okay. <laughs> so if the band could come up. He came to set us free, breaking down bondage and shame and all, the and all our fears out of love. <laughs> um, Psalm 139, 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And I know that everybody knows this verse, that everybody hears this verse. But I just want to remind y'all that you were beautifully crafted and beautifully handmade by him. Like, he chose to make you. He chose to knit every piece of you together in your mother's womb. Every part of your personality, every part of your body, he created that because he chose you. And he chooses to love you. You guys, <laughs> he is so proud of you. And he fully delights in you. It's written truth and he speaks it. Whatever is written, it's true. He can't go back on that. He can't go back on what he said about you. And no matter how many times we wander off or no matter how many times we push him aside, he's, he's there. He's just waiting for you with open arms because he's so locked into you. So I'm just going to go ahead and close out with this verse, Psalm 118, 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So if y'all could stand, I just want to pray a blessing over you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person that's walked into this room. I thank you, Father, that you've brought them here, not on accident, Father, but for a purpose, Father. I just pray, Jesus, that they would walk knowing that you have chosen them, that you love them, and that you delight in them, Holy Spirit.
I just pray, Jesus, that they would just begin to shut out the lies, telling them that they, are, that they aren't enough, that they aren't worthy, Lord Jesus, because you call them worthy, Lord God. So, Father, I just pray that you would just begin to shift mindsets right now, Father. I just pray that you would just begin to stir up a hunger and a passion and a desire to know you, Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness and your love and your mercy and your grace, God. I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just come, Holy Spirit. We just thank you so much for your goodness and for your everlasting love. In your name I pray, amen. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into some worship.